Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. This is what the multiverse actually looks like, right? Because Carlos Correa has been on like three teams already. And, and who knows? There could be a fourth. There could be a fifth. He could be playing in Japan before the week's out. I find the thing hysterical that he, he was going to be a giant and then he was going to be a Met. And as we sit here right now, he's going to be a Minnesota twin. And I look forward to the Pirates signing him on a one-year prove-it deal sometime around uh, you know the beginning of March. When, when he's run out of all options and he's he's making $8 million a year for, for the Pirates. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody who gives him a physical looks at that. I mean, what is inside of his leg? Like, what, what does it look like in there? Is there like a, is there a gerbil on a wheel running inside of his body somewhere? It may be one of the craziest things of the offseason, in any offseason that I've ever seen. No, dude, I, I saw a meme or something that had a physical and it honestly had like a peg leg inside of his leg that there wasn't actually a leg there. I know what's what's on there for some reason. I don't I couldn't you know see it. But from what I've heard, it's an injury that occurred while he was in the minor leagues and people are right. He has a rod in his leg. He probably has yeah. a rod in his leg or he's got screws or he's got bolts or he's got a plate or he's got something like that. And, and but here's the thing I've seen. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the U.S. government got people through the inspection process for the draft that had less problems than Carlos Correa. (laughs) He's 1A. Just stamp him and put him through, right? I mean, like to me, to me, it's just like at some point. And here's why the twins, I really do believe that when it's all said and done, the twins will keep him because the twins already saw him before. They already know what he is. He, He had the same leg problem when they saw him the first time they signed him. So whatever language is in the contract, it's already covering the twins enough. So I think he's a Minnesota twin now because they already kind of knew. And this is, this is Scott Boris now at this point looking at Carlos going, you should just be happy somebody wants you. And that's it. He is, he's probably going to be healthy throughout that entire contract and he's going to be grossly underpaid because of his injury. But, you know, to me, it's it's really funny. Like, you, you wonder what these negotiations were like because the Mets didn't want to have egg on their face for sure, right? And so they've got to be sitting there saying, look, we just want a clause that if his leg snaps in that spot right there, that we don't have to pay the contract. And what is Scott Boros saying back to him? Like, no, I won't do that? Like, how is a, what wording did the Twins come up with that made them feel comfortable with still nearly $300 million committed to him? 
that the Mets couldn't come up with or the or the or the Giants couldn't come up with. So I mean, it, it's a really weird situation, but I you can't stop laughing when everybody on Twitter and social media, all these guys from Jeff Passan to John Heyman, to everyone else is tw- is tweeting out uh, that that Correa is going to the Twins, and but at the bottom they got to put pending physical, and you laugh out loud when you get to that part. Yeah, I think that what's in there, Chris, is that. Scott Boris has to turn Carlos Correa into a cyborg if he gets injured. I mean, that's that's the point we're at right now. It's just that we have to allow his, his bottom leg to be amputated and to be replaced with robot parts. I, I really don't know what's on there at this point. And, Chris, you mentioned John Heyman. And I'm sorry. I, I know we said we wouldn't talk about Brian Reynolds again. I don't want to talk about Brian Reynolds anymore. I want to be talking about actual you know physical baseball being played. But, of course, John Heyman comes out with a report that he words horribly over this past weekend. But before we get to that, let's back up the whole way back to the conversation we had where Brian Reynolds requests a trade. And we report based on information that Gary... Really good information. Really good good information that we had. Yeah, who writes on the Inside the Bucks Basement site with me and says that it this is about term right before christmas jason mackey comes out and says that they're about 50 million ish dollars apart and that could be because of term three more years would equal that 50 million ish or wherever it's at right so the idea is it's x amount of dollars per year they're like, we want two or three more years. That would be the money. So it's not the it's not the 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 value per year is what you're telling me here. What you're telling yeah, me is you might have people reporting it's money, but in reality, the money is because there's also more years that go with the money. The per year money, they were not far apart on at all. That was not the reason why they couldn't get a deal done. No, and and that's where it comes up that right now, you know, John Heyman reports that the Reynolds camp asked for eight years but less money than the Matt Olson deal. Matt Olson was eight years, $168 million. Okay. So the Reynolds camp asked for less than that. He says that the Pirates side, they could refer to the, the Sean Murphy deal. He didn't say that the Pirates did. He said they could. And then that one is six years, $73 million with an option. But this is where that's a big difference, but that's a big difference in money because that's the thing that that means the pirates are offering him $12 million a year on his, on his average annual value for six years. If it's six years of 73 million, right. And, and and the other, the other deal would have been 21 million a year over eight. So that's a, that's a big difference. Yeah, so that's not where I think the difference is at. And then John Heyman goes and he writes that it the Pirates' offer was six years, no team options, and that it was over $75 million. Well, you know what everybody did with this, Chris. Our My old friend, John Boy, causes a ruckus on, on Twitter because he quotes, misquotes Heyman's article by saying, the Pirates offered six for 75. Reynolds is worth way more than that. They, that's not what they offered. You have to take the whole story together. So go back to what Gary told us, that it's about term. 
go back to what Jason Mackey reported that it's $50 million, you know, apart. And then go with what Heyman could have written, which is that it was less money for the same amount of years as the Olsen deal. And that it was more money for the same amount of years as the Murphy deal. And you can find a middle ground in there where the Pirates could offer anywhere from six years for $80 million to six years to $90 million. And that the Reynolds camp was looking for eight years to 130 million or eight years to 140 million. But that's still, if this is still about term, that's what these people don't get is this is still about term. And I had a discussion with people that actually fairly knowledgeable people on Twitter. And I was basically saying, this doesn't really change my mind at all because when it comes down to it, the pirates I've always said would trade a player usually with about two years of service time left. That's what they've kind of always done. Even when they've extended people, they, they've tried to do that unless they've completely let them walk like they did with Pedro Alvarez. But they try to trade them with just those, you know, those two years of control left. So to me, this comes down to, do we want to try to trade Brian Reynolds at his age 34 season or his age 32 season? If we would extend him and if he would accept this extension. So, I mean, we're still, like, in the same place, Chris, of they they want to have him here until he's 32 to 34. He wants to be here until he's 34 to 36. Nothing well, really changed. Eight years is all the way to 36, and that's a big yes. commitment for him, and I think he's a really good player. But I don't know if I, I believe that he's going to be as valuable as he should be to a team at age 36. And so I see why the Pirates only want to give six years. I, I get that. I get why the Reynolds camp wants to go eight. You never have to really worry about another contract again, right? Unless he becomes like a player that's that's averaging 30 home runs a year and becomes a DH later on in his career. But I don't really know if he profiles to be that. Just looking at his size and what his abilities are and what his value is. And a lot of his value is still, he's got a lot of defense that he can bring you and some speed. So there, there's... There's things about Brian Reynolds that aren't really going to be uh, plus factors when he gets towards the end of that contract. So I, I get the Pirates reasoning. I get the Reynolds camp reasoning. In the end, if, if Brian Reynolds is unhappy, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you what's really going on here. You have an unhappy player who doesn't like how the team values him. That happens. The unhappy player wants out right now. The team doesn't need to move him because under the current CBA, under the agreement that the players have, the union has with ownership, every team in Major League Baseball has a certain amount of control over a player and keeping them within their system. And then after that, the player becomes a free agent. He isn't there yet. He's their property, essentially. That, that's what he is. And, and, you know, this goes back to there are fans in baseball that screamed when free agency went into place because guys are supposed to start with their team and end with their team. Trust me, there's plenty of baseball fans out there that feel this way. This is the yin and the yang of a baseball player's career and how a team builds and understands that that player can just pick up and leave. If they, and, and just as much as he can pick up and leave, they can keep him. But everybody has their limits in this whole thing. The player wants out, so he goes to his agent and says, I want out. And the agent goes, let me put pressure on because you can't stop playing. You'll ruin your value. You have to continue to play hard. So what's the only way you could put pressure on? 
You put it on by getting yourself out there in the court of public opinion. And what it really comes down to in the end is, how will Ben Charrington and the Pirates organization respond to it? I want owners that spend a ridiculous amount of money and heartless general managers, all right? So Bob Nunning isn't the first thing. That's, that's not the case. But a general manager who understands what his budget is and his constraints are and looks at everybody out there and says, how do I get the most for the money I need to spend? And if it doesn't work out for us, good luck. You're, you're an employee. I'll bring in another employee. Th- those are the general managers that win a lot of titles. You can't have it. You can't have everybody be happy and win titles. It just doesn't work that way. It, it, it just doesn't. That's not the nature of the beast with all of these teams in the current construct of how not only baseball works, but business works in general. So he wants out. There's guys that you can call up and be like, this is what's going on. Get this story out here. Here's a nugget. This will make the Pirates look bad. And it does. It doesn't make the Pirates look good. But in the end, I still hold to, you don't give up Brian Reynolds unless it's worth Brian Reynolds. That's it. You don't give it up for less because everybody who's saying, poor Brian Reynolds, let this guy leave. You've done him dirty, and I hate the Pirates, and I hate Bob Nutting. All of you will be just as angry a year or two from now if they don't get a good return for him, and then you're yelling, that's all we got for Brian Reynolds? We couldn't even keep him, and you got a bunch of bums back in the deal? So at this point, unless the two sides can come to an agreement, and I don't think they can. I think that this is this is completely out of control. The Reynolds camp wants something the Pirates don't want to give, and the Pirates want something that the Reynolds camp doesn't want to accept. Fine. But in the end, now the Pirates have to be heartless. They have to sit there and say, we're not moving them till we get exactly what we want for them. And I, I love the fact that they went and held the Yankees up and said, this is all we're doing. The Yankees might not have liked what they asked for, but they, they know that they have control and they can keep them for like three years. I mean, they, they don't need to be in a rush on this whole thing. Wait until a team really wants them. Yeah, and Chris, I mean, I'll go with just like the, the other side of things is that, or just maybe like a different interpretation is uh, his agency, CAA, has has been known to try, it's almost like they're trying to make a name for themselves, uh, that they go out and they tell these teams, hey, our guy's requesting a trade. And yes, Brian Reynolds has to agree to that, but it, it kind of seems like in my eyes to a degree here, just from stuff and whispers that I'm hearing, is that it was like Reynolds wants to be here, and CAA is like, well, pretty much the only way we can get the Pirates to budge is if we come out and say you want to trade. And maybe that'll push them a little bit more in our direction. That's just something. It could I be mean, a negotiating I, tactic. You're right. This could be a straight-up negotiating ca- tactic by CAA to say that he wants to leave, right? But, I mean, doesn't doesn't the doesn't the basics come back to the fact you have three years control over the player and nothing absolutely. says you have to trade him? I mean, that's the thing I don't get. That's the thing I don't get. I don't get Pirates fans who want to just let the guy go because they're mad at Bob Nutting. You could be mad at Bob Nutting for being cheap. You could be angry about the direction of the team, but you don't take one of your most valuable pieces on the team, a, a player that either is going to be a, a core player for years to come or is going to bring you back more than pretty much any other player in your organization could get right now for you if in a trade. You don't give that away and, and, then, and then complain. You can't give that away and then complain, we never won anything. Okay, you you don't you you get the exact value you should get for that player when you have a three year timetable to move that player. And this idea that he's just not going to play hard. I've had this argument with people before. Pirates fans reach out. They get all angry with me for saying this. 
Well, he just he'll just suck for two years on purpose, and then he'll he'll be really good in year three. Okay, take your <laughs> take your tinfoil hat off. Uh, start living in reality with the rest of us. If he sucks for two years and he comes back and plays well in year three, and he now has the stigma, the black spot over him that organizations know that if Brian Reynolds gets pissy and he's angry about something, he won't try. That's going to decrease his value. He, you're also going to have the question of, is that just the line that the agency's saying, well, he was angry, but look what he did in this last year. That's what you're going to get now for the next four or five years if you sign this big contract. They're still not going to give as much as if he would have had a, a really good three years and played to the best of his ability. All right. I mean, I feel like there are some people just want to argue to argue. Let's let's stay in reality here. You have three years of control over a really good ball player while you're in the process of getting ready to come out of a rebuild. If he stays for the three years and he just leaves and you take the draft compensation by putting a qualifying offer on him at the end, you, that's fine. OK, you don't need to move him. You could keep him for three years, put a QO on the back end of him, take the draft pick off of whatever team decides they want to sign him for something. If you want to keep him because three years of Brian Reynolds, that's what you'd want to acquire someplace else. Right. And they can't afford to go get that. Where are you going to find a Brian Reynolds value player, a guy that's as valuable as Brian Reynolds for the money you're paying him right now on a team that has a terrible budget? Where are you going to find that? So what is your motivation to move him? I, you know, this is not me saying that the Pirates are well-run, that Bob Nutting's spending money, or that even Ben Charrington's a genius. I'm not saying any of these things. I'm not defending them. You make me the general manager today. I tell Brian Reynolds, you're under three years of control right now, and we'd be perfectly happy with keeping you for the three years and putting a qualifying offer on you. Or if somebody comes along with something that blows our socks off, we'd be willing to move you, but you don't dictate where you go. I would say that to him. <laughs> If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. And the other end of the spectrum, Chris, is the people that are just basically saying, pay him whatever he wants to keep him here for those eight years. And I'm with you. Pay him whatever he wants. I'd like to keep him. That's great. What's the payroll going to be like for the Pirates over the next 10 years? Does everybody believe they're going to 200 to 250 million? Can you afford that? Because I'm a realist who understands that Bob Nutting is never opening up the purse. And I bet you Ben Charrington is too. And we preached that before, Craig. You have to understand 
what your owner's willing to spend if you're going to be a successful general manager. And I think he knows he's got a cheap general manager, and I think he knows exactly what his budget's going to be from year to year. And he knows if he puts too much money into one player, gets wrapped up in years where the contract isn't worth what the player's able to provide, then those are years your team doesn't have a chance of not even competing for a World Series, not even a chance to win a division, because you could have used that money in other areas. You mean like how we preached about how the Reds gave Joey Votto, and now they're living under an albatross. Thank you. The Tigers, Miggy, living under an albatross. Christian Yelich, Brewers, living under an albatross. And I can't guarantee that Brian Reynolds would be that albatross. I honestly don't think he would be. I, I think that he's going to be pretty good. And all of that is based on if he stays healthy. You know, the, the Pirates can't take that risk, and I wish they could. I really do. I want Brian Reynolds in a Pirates uniform until he retires. As a fan, that's what I want. But as a person who cheers for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I understand that they can't realistically just say, okay, Brian, here's here's Matt Olson's deal. Because what if Brian Reynolds, unfortunately trying to make a play, tears up his knee, hurts his shoulder, does whatever. The people will be like, you know what? I can remember, and this is Chris just going back years, Gregory Polanco, we basically lowballed Gregory Polanco and he took the deal and it still ended up looking like a bad contract because he got hurt. It was looking like a great contract in like 2018 before he got hurt. So a lot of things can change and people like pirates fans, like, I don't know, Chris, I, I understand where their frustration comes from, but if you're going to be a fan of this team, you also have to just, I, I mean, People are like, well, then that's just you giving up. No, it's me understanding what's going to happen. Like, why would I live in some fairy tale world and, and think, oh, yeah, we can give Brian Reynolds whatever he wants. And if he breaks his leg, then that $20 million we have guaranteed him to him, you know, five years from now means nothing. Yeah, it means something. Here, let's, it it let, honestly does mean something. Let's, let's play general manager for a minute. Okay. Ben Charrington just leaves. I don't I don't know how it happens, but he leaves. And Bob Nutting, in an effort to win fandom back, opens it up as a lottery. And the lottery winner is one lucky person who gets to become the new general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you win. And you now are the GM of the Pirates. You got the skybox, right? Everybody knows you. <laughs> You're wearing suits, right? You get to walk in and tell your boss, take this job and shove it. And you walk in and now you've got Bob Nutting as your boss. A guy who you know has the money to do whatever he wants to do, and he's not going to do it, right? And he's also not very aware of his surroundings because he lets teenage kids stand next to him with shirts that say sell the team, all right? That's your <laughs> boss. That's who your boss is, right? And you come walking in, and he tells you this is your budget, and at most, this is where I'm going. And you have an understanding that you are never going to be a team in the top half of payroll, and definitely not in the top 10 of payroll. And payroll's already out of control across Major League Baseball and it's going to get higher and higher and higher because the guy over there with the Mets, he is going to buy championships and he don't care, right? And you you know that nothing's wrong. You can sit there and have argument after argument after argument with him, but he's still the boss and he doesn't care, right? So now you're the general manager and you love the Pirates and you want to win baseball games. And you, you are actually willing to give a six-year deal to Brian Reynolds. And in that six-year deal, you're paying for his year 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33 seasons. The normal, like, up and down, ebb and flow for a Major League Baseball player 
is that they generally peak either in two different areas. You get some players who peak really early in the 23, 24, 25, and then they kind of stay there. But there starts to become a drop off at 30. The other peak years, you'll see players that peak at 27, 28, 29, they start to come down. And again, you see a decrease in 30. So you already know that after the six years, Brian Reynolds will not, I mean, most likely, like all the smart money is on, he will not be as valuable at 32 years old than he is right now. And you already have him for control of 28, 29, and 30. You already have him. You have all of his prime years already locked up. And so you like him as, a, as somebody in the organization and you want to keep him. But you don't want to keep him well past his prime when he's in the decline. Now, there are some players who play really well into their mid to late 30s, but there's awful there's an awful lot of players who don't, and injuries pop up more often, and he plays a high-impact position out in the outfield, okay? They, it, when I play softball just for fun, right, the, the young kids we put in the outfield because the old guys, and I, when I say old guys, guys in their mid-30s are like, yeah, my legs hurt. Right. It's a, it, it is. It, it puts a wear on you running around out there for 162 games. So as you as a general manager, knowing all of that, are you just going to give him a couple extra years, even though you know that he isn't worth those couple extra years and you already have control through his prime years? He isn't leaving tomorrow. He isn't leaving at the end of the 2023 season. You've got three years and you get to put a qualifying offer on and teams want him. So somebody may come along and give you a deal you really like. So I, I, I don't understand. After you look at it that way, how is, a Pirates, how is a Pirates fan can you sit there and say, we'll trade him because he wants it, because I have his jersey? Because trust me, Brian Reynolds is not sending you a check, and he is not going to treat you any differently because you were on Twitter defending him. And that's not an anti-Brian Reynolds statement. I think Brian Reynolds is great, and I would love to keep him on the Pirates for his entire career. That's not an anti-Brian Reynolds statement. But it's just the reality of the situation that I just don't understand why some fans don't get. And there is a reality of the situation that this news has become so big, Chris, that people have completely forgot that the 13th, three days from now, on the date we're recording, is when arbitration decisions and numbers have to be exchanged and there has to be an agreement before you start the process of moving towards arbitration, and they have Mitch Keller and JT Brubaker. I mean, they also have Robert Stevenson and Dwayne Underwood Jr. Don't really care about those two. That they are still in discussions with as a po- like as to what they're going to do with them. But this Brian Reynolds stuff has like taken such precedence over everything. People don't even know that the international signing period opens up on the fifteenth. We mentioned it on our show when I had Anthony Murphy on, and that we may be getting a kid who was supposed to go 1-1 in the KBO draft last year, but has decided to go to Major League Baseball, and he might be coming to the Pirates. Yeah, the Pirates are the front runners for that kid, and and that's that's a big addition. And you mentioned arbitration. I don't want to cut off your point, but let's also add to the argument of why Brian Reynolds isn't going to tank for a couple of years. He's got to still be up for arbitration 2024 and 2025. So, yeah, go yeah. out there and not play your hardest. You'll make less money doing that as well. It's just so goofy, Chris, that, that this is what's going on. That I mean, it's anything right now on this side is you either are a bootlicker and are, you know, in the in the can for, for Bob Nutting 
or you're coming up with every single story that you can or any angle that you can to make Ben Sherrington and Bob Nutting look bad. And believe me, Bob Nutting doesn't need help looking bad running a baseball. Right. I mean, he needs your help. Guys like Bob Nutting, they don't care. They really don't. And in fact, if you, if you were a billionaire, put yourself in his place. None of us matter to him. All right. That doesn't excuse it. It really doesn't, but he doesn't have to sell his team. Nobody's going to force him to do it. All right. It's, it's, it's a big fraternity is what being a major league baseball owner is. And he's in the club. He's got billions of dollars. You can hate him as much as you want to. He doesn't lose a wink of sleep over it. Not, not a, not a wink of sleep over it. All right. This is the, the hard truth that all fans of sports need to understand. Okay. The only, and the worst thing about Bob Nunning is that he's young enough that we're probably all stuck with him for life. Unless somebody, unless somebody in Pittsburgh gets really rich and you get like a Steve Cohen situation where he walks in and just drops a buttload of money and says, I want to buy this team. Right? Like this is so, so, you know, Ben Sherrington, I don't know if he's the right guy for the job. I've said that all along over the last couple of years. But the one thing I wanted to see him do was recognize who his owner was. Because you have general managers out there that don't seem to understand it. And then they sit in front of the press later on and go, yeah, well, we just we just ran out of money. And there are teams like that right now in Major League Baseball where the GM is just shrugging his shoulders like he didn't know what was going to happen. But Ben Charrington at least seems to understand what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to make the right decisions, but he has been operating his team and his rebuild, in my opinion, under the, uh, under the, the constraints of what his owner is. And, and, to be, and to be honest with you, that's a hell of an investment for a guy. that Even the six-year deal that was offered, that's a hell of an investment when you know how Bob Nunning spends his money. I mean, he throws nickels around like they're manhole covers. You're going to have a really hard time getting the payroll up to what it probably needs to be, so you got to find another way to put a winning product on the field. And, and for me, Chris, I mean, the biggest thing is that People say, you know, well, th- what does this do to the timeline and, and what is the timeline? It doesn't change a thing. It doesn't change a thing. And for the other thing is that we're under the guise that there is. I mean, there is probably some sort of a timeline with Ben Sherrington, but believe me, he's not acting like there is. He's not acting like there is. And if this is what I've, we people have always said, is he trying to be the Rays? Well, if this is a Rays thing, then man, there is no timeline. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the Carlos Correa deal. It's close to uh, $300 million if a couple of things pop in and he's still healthy after year six. Otherwise, it's six years and $200 million. Remember when he stood in front of cameras and told people that he was really expensive and you couldn't go shopping on the bargain basement to go get him? Like you, the Twins really had to spend a lot of money to bring him back. And in the end, the Twins are the only people that will take him. It's incredible to me. It's absolutely incredible. He talks so much crap knowing he had whatever he had going on with his leg. And in the end, that's exactly what happened. And it's, you know, and really, six, six years, 200 million? Can somebody give that to me? I'll take, I'll take half. I'll take six years and 100 million. I'm not crying for him at all. Not at all. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say. 